Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Amen. Let's hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Amen. And I want to preach on this subject. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Would you just praise him as you're seated right now? And you may be seated. God keeps his promises. Amen. Folks, God is a promise maker. Amen. He loves to make promises. In fact, the Bible contains 7, 000, almost 7,500 promises. Amen. That God made to people. Praise God. And those promises, because uh, we are people also, those promises, uh, amen, are for us as well. Hallelujah. And not only is he a promise maker, he's a promise keeper. Praise God. Amen. Because a lot of people can make a promise, uh, but it's keeping the promise that makes a difference. Praise Lord. And God never disappoints. God never lets us down. God, if he said it, Amen. He's going to do it. Praise God. Amen. God does not make promises he will not keep. If he said it, you can believe it. You can trust it. And that settles it. Praise God. The Bible said that God cannot lie. In fact, it says it's impossible for God to lie. So that's why I have more confidence. Amen. And that's why our, our verse in the beginning, it says that we need to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Amen. Because he's faithful that promised. Amen. Hold on to those promises. Hold fast. Amen. He's faithful. Even if you received a promise from God, amen, a while ago, and maybe a long while ago, and it still has not come to pass, amen, don't give up on that promise. Remember, God keeps his promises. It is going to come to pass. It will happen. I can't tell you when, but it will. If he said it, if he promised, it's going to happen. Amen. Let me give you a Bible example. Joseph was the, out of the 12 sons of Jacob, Joseph was the 11th out of 12 sons. So he wasn't the baby of the family, but the second to the baby. Amen. And he was, you know, a spoiled boy a little bit. Amen. His father really loved him, gave him a special coat and everything. And his older brothers, some of them were jealous of him. But it wasn't, you know, out of hand or anything until Joseph, when he was 17 years old, God gave him two dreams. And in those dreams, 
Joseph, amen, had been elevated to a place uh, where that his brothers bowed down to him, and even his mother, even his father, amen, had bowed down to him in these dreams, amen. And so that was it for the brothers. They had had it, and so they schemed to uh, to do something about it, and uh, they sold him into slavery, amen. And so a lot of things, so Joseph has these dreams. They're all positive. They're all great. God's going to do something great for him, amen. And then immediately, amen, some rough waters come. Immediately some things start happening in his life. In fact, for the next 13 years, there was some rough waters. His own brothers sold him into slavery and then told his dad that he had been killed by a wild animal. Amen. And then he was sold into Egypt, into Egypt to Potiphar's house, who was, amen, a high up ranking official in Pharaoh's government. Praise God. Amen. And God, wherever he went, God blessed him. And whatever he did, God gave him favor. And God remembered Joseph. And God was with Joseph. Even, amen, when he was going through these things. Let me tell you something. If God gives you a dream or a promise or an assurance about something, amen, and even though some things come that, that don't make sense and why is this happening, amen, let me tell you something. God is still going to be with you in the dream, and God is never going to leave you in the promise, amen, and God is still going to give you favor if you still keep a right attitude and a right spirit and you still hang on to him and faith in him. Don't waver, amen. Praise God. And God blessed Potiphar's house just because of Joseph. And Potiphar elevated him, and he was in charge of his house. The Bible said that Potiphar didn't even worry about anything. Amen. All he did was come in and eat and leave. And Joseph was in charge. But then some things happened. He was falsely accused of something he didn't do. Amen. And he was thrown into jail. But the Bible said, God remembered Joseph and he was with him in jail. Amen. And God gave him favor in jail to the place. Amen. That, that the warden said, man, this guy's a good guy. And he promoted him to assistant warden. Now he's a prisoner. Okay. Okay, the prisoners don't normally become the assistant warning. Amen. But that's what God does for somebody that doesn't give up on the dream. Amen. Even though it looks like we're going backwards. Even though it looks like something's not happening. Amen. I thought I was having some dreams. I thought I was going to go up. I'm going down here. Praise God. Hang on. Don't waver. Amen. And then, praise God, there were two men that Pharaoh threw into prison the ba the chief baker and the chief butler that he he had in his employ they they upset him for some reason and they both got thrown into the same prison that Joseph was in Amen. And God uh, gave jo those two guys dreams, uh, and Joseph interpreted those dreams. You see, when you have your own dream, uh, amen, you're more apt to help somebody else with their dream. Uh, amen. Uh, praise God. So don't kill the dreamer. Don't, don't, don't give up on your dream. Don't let your dream die. Praise God. Hey, you hang on to it. Praise God. Because, because when you do that, other people will have a dream. Other people will go through things. Other people People will go through what I call the hidden part of the dream from the time the dream is given until the time of the fulfillment. It's the hidden part of the dream that you didn't see that you got to hang on and brace for sometimes. Amen. But God will see you through.
And so he interpreted both of these guys' dreams. And one of them, the butler, was going to be restored to the, his butlership and be okay. And the baker, sadly, was going to be executed. And sure enough, it happened just as Joseph had interpreted those dreams. And before the butler left, Joseph said, Pay, remember me. Put a good word in from the Pharaoh or something. I don't want to be in here. I, I'm, I'm innocent. And the butler forgot about him for two more years. But God's, God is with Joseph. Amen. God is with Joseph. Amen. And as long as Joseph has a right spirit and a right attitude, God is going to see that dream through. Amen. You see, folks, we, we got to do the will of God in between the dreams and in between the encouragements and in between the visions and in between the promises and in between the things where we feel like God's going to do something in our lives. Amen. We got to keep doing the will of God even when it hasn't come to pass. Amen. Keep doing what you need to do. Keep coming to church. Keep living right according to his word. Amen. Keep doing the right thing. Keep treating people right. Amen. And God We'll see it through someday, somehow. Amen. See, God gave him dreams, and it's coming to pass. It was 13 years. So two years go by, and then the Pharaoh has a dream that God gave him. And all his magicians, and all his uh, wise men, and all his counselors and advisors, none of them could interpret his dream. And then the butler said, whoa, wait a minute. I remember a guy in jail that told me that I was going to be restored. Amen. And Pharaoh said, well, what are you waiting for? Get him out of here. Amen. Bring him over here. Amen. And he, they got him out. He got all cleaned up. He got shaved up. Amen. And a, a nice bath. And amen. A nice uh, change of clothes. And he stood before Pharaoh in the, right in the throne room. Amen. And 13 years later, hallelujah, the dreams are going to come to pass. Because Pharaoh's dreams foretold of seven years of great plenty and great abundance. And followed by seven years of the worst famine that that land would ever see. That was so bad that it would erase even the seven years of plenty. And you wouldn't even have known you had plenty. Amen. And so he told him that's what's going to happen. And Pharaoh said, what do you think we should do? Well, you need to get a wise man and a good person that can really manage the seven good years. So when the seven bad years come, amen, then you'll have, a, you'll have enough to feed your people and even extra to sell to the people around and the nations around that come when there's no food for them. And he said, well, who, what other wise men can we pick than you, amen, that God's spirit is in, amen. And so Pharaoh made him second in command. Only Pharaoh was greater than him in Egypt. Can you imagine? He goes from a, being sold into slavery and in prison and forgotten in prison, and then now he's second in command, and everybody's saying, this guy's a big shot. Well, Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So he was 30 years, 17-year-old when he got uh, treated badly by his brothers and 30 years old when he sat and interpreted Pharaoh's dreams 
became second in command in Egypt, and he managed that seven years. And then when that terrible seven years came, amen, it was terrible. But they had plenty to eat in Egypt, and they had extra to sell. And guess who needed some food over in land of Canaan? Jacob and his sons, which were the, his brothers. And they came, and long story short, amen, amen, he saw them. He revealed himself to them. He forgave them, and he said, don't worry, guys. He said, you meant it to, for evil for me, but God turned it around for good. And that's what life's all about. Some people are not for me. Some people, amen, are not for where I want to go. Amen. But God, amen, gives me a dream, gives me a vision gives me a promise that I'm not going to abide those people. I'm going to go where God wants me to go. Hallelujah, because God keeps his promises. Woo! Praise God. Then we fast forward, amen, to an established nation of Israel, amen, who now has their first king, and to a young boy, we don't know how old he was when this happened, but experts say he was anywhere from, you know, about 12 to 15, 16 years old when David, a young boy who's seventh of seven sons, who was out taking care of his father's sheep, that's what he did. Amen. And God, because he wasn't pleased with the first king, Saul, and all that he was doing, messing up. Amen. He told Samuel, you go, amen, to Bethlehem. Amen. And you're going to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. Praise God. And he's going to be the next king. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so he went to Jesse's house. And Jesse, uh, he said, I want you to get your sons in here. So Jesse had the six first sons. Because, you know, he said, I want you to get your sons in here. So he had just the first six. We got old David. He said, yeah, well, we're not going to worry about David. His own dad said, well, David's out with the sheep. He's the young boy, so surely he's you know, not going to be missed. Amen. And God, God told Samuel, I want you to anoint. And they, they would anoint with a, they had like a, a horn of oil or some kind of a vessel of oil. And they would pour it over the head and say something over them. Amen. In this case, it had to be a little incognito because Saul was kind of starting to lose his mind a little bit. And it wouldn't have been good if he would have found out what happened there. So Samuel, he anointed him and said some words and basically anointed him the next king uh, in not so many words. But he came to the oldest, Eliab, and he goes, Surely this is the Lord's anointed, because Saul was a strapping young lad. Amen. And so there's Eliab, the oldest. Amen. Surely the oldest. The oldest son that gets all the most of the inheritance. That's the one. And Samuel was ready to pour it. And he said, Oh, no, that's not him. He goes, Don't look on the outward appearance. Amen. God, man sees the outward, but God sees the heart. Amen. It may look good on the outside. He goes, I'm looking for somebody with a heart after me. I'm looking for somebody that I can give some dreams to and some promises to and that they'll hang in there all the way through. And then he goes to the next one. Nope, 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 nope. Amen. So Samuel looks around. He goes, hey, uh. I'm out of sons here. Uh, you know, I'm over here at the empty spot. You got any more kids? 
He goes, oh, yeah, I mean, I got my little, the youngest one, but I didn't think, you know, yeah, oh, okay, well, get him in here. We can't finish up. We can't start this until we get him in. And sure enough, David comes in here. He's anywhere from like 12 to 16, something around there. And, you know, a skinny little guy, amen. And uh, the Bible said he was just, you know, he, he, he didn't compare to his older brothers as far as stature and, you know, all size and everything. And the Lord said, that's him. And, and then Samuel goes, oh, boy, you know, he just probably said, okay. And Samuel knew enough to do, okay, and he anointed him with oil. Amen. And he was anointed king when he was in his teens. Amen. But, but to, from the time he was anointed, from the time he had that promise and that and whatever God had promised him there, it was a little while before he would actually sit on the throne. Amen. So what I'm here to encourage you, some of you that have been having something for a while that God has given you, amen, and then you, you're still holding on, and you're, but it's kind of fading a little bit. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't know. Maybe I was dreaming that up. Maybe I was making that up. Maybe that wasn't God. I'm here to tell you, praise God. I don't care how long it's been. Praise God. Amen. If God gave it to you, he's going to see it through. I don't care if it's years. God will do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. See, it's hard to say if at that time if David at that age knew the significance of what Samuel had just done to him. That he Did he know he was anointed the king of Israel? The next king? It doesn't really say right then. Amen. But when you read through some of the things that from that time forward, amen, you find that King Saul sure knew that, that he was supposed to be the next king and that Saul's son Jonathan knew that he was supposed to be the next king. You see, the way kings work is the prince becomes the king. The oldest prince, amen, you have to be related. you got to be the son of the current king to be the next king. That's how it works, amen, in the royal hierarchy. But God said, no, I'm breaking the hierarchy because Saul did not obey, amen. And so I'm changing it up, and this is going to be the new hierarchy, this little guy right here, praise God. And But Saul knew about it. David and Jonathan knew about it. Even the Philistines knew about it, amen, eventually, praise God. See, the anointing was like unto a promise from God. And like Joseph, David went through some very tough times, amen, from the time he was anointed until the time he actually sat on the throne. And it wasn't long before he found himself exiled from his homeland, begging for food, Amen. Running for his life. Amen. Because he's being hunted like an animal for Saul and his soldiers. Amen. You talk about, wow, I got anointed king. And boy, this is great. You know, uh, you know what, this is what all comes with it. See, you don't know about the hidden part. The time from the promise until the fulfillment. The dream until the fulfillment. Amen. But don't let that get you down. Amen. You hang in there. God is faithful. Amen. Hold fast the profession of your faith, not wavering. God is faithful. That promise. Psalm 54, he wrote some of these. If you read these passages I'm going to read, 
you look in your Bible, and it's t- it t- sometimes the King James and other versions, it says a little, uh, you know, introduction before the chapter starts, and it says when, King, when uh, you know, David was on the run from King Saul, when David was on the run, when he ran into Phil- the Philistines, amen, he had to go and live in the land of the Philistines, the mortal enemy of Israel, to get away from Saul. Amen. Psalm 54, 2. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. Behold, God is my helper. And verse 7, for he had delivered me out of all trouble. See, he still hung on to God even in the midst of this trouble because he had a promise. Psalm 56, 2. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. What Verse 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Verse 9, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Verse 11, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. I've got a promise from God. Psalm 57, verse 4, my soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongues a sharp sword. Verse 6, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of they, into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. I'm going to sing and give praise. My heart is steadfast. Amen. They dug a pit for me, but God... God, you're going to let them fall in their own pit. Praise God. They set a trap for me, but they're going to get trapped in their own trap. Amen. Just like wicked Haman in the book of Esther. Amen. The, the advisor to the king. He built a gallows for Esther's uncle Mordecai to hang on. And when the story was over, because God is not going to have that happen. Amen. Haman was hanged on his own gallows. Amen. That's why I tell everybody, you better not put make a gallows for somebody else. You better not pick up rocks to throw at somebody else. You better not set a trap for somebody else or dig a pit for somebody else because it's going to fall back on you and you are going to be on your your own devices. Praise God. I'm going to let God fight my battles. I'm going to let God give vengeance against my enemies. Oh, hallelujah. So although these were very trying times for him, he did learn a lot. You see, We don't go through things for nothing. Amen. Our steps are ordered to the Lord. Amen. We are walking after the Spirit. Amen. There is no coincidence with God's people. There is no luck or chance with God's people. If you get up and say, Lord, your will be done today, he's going to do it. So even when the bad things happen, don't worry. Some of it's to make us a better person. Some of it's to make us stronger. And some of it's to make us so we can help others. They go through that same thing down the road. Amen. So they, so he learned a lot and he helped a lot of people along the way. In fact, he gathered up David's mighty men, they, they were called, one by one. 
They were ex-fugitives. They were outcasts. They were different people that nobody wanted. Amen. That he somehow, uh, they were attracted to him. Amen. And he made him into an elite fighting force. Praise God. And when he became king, some of these were generals and, and lieutenants and, and people in the army. Praise God. He had turned them around. So everything we have, we go through, amen, even in between the time of the promise and fulfillment is according to God's will to help us be better people. Amen. Maybe not everything we go through. Sometimes we bring things on ourselves. But even then, we can learn from that. So I guess everything. Amen. All things. The Bible tells me all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. So if we love God and we follow the call, even the bad things work together with the good things to help us be better people. So he would not actually be crowned king until he was 30 years old. Isn't that interesting? Joseph was 30 when he got his fulfillment. David was 30 when he sat on the throne. And Jesus was 30 when he started his earthly ministry. Amen. Praise God. A promise from God is like a seed. The harvest is contained in the seed. You look at a bag of seeds and you say, well, there's not much here. But, you know, it's a whole orchard right there. It's a whole acres right there. Amen. And this little sack of seed, are you kidding me? Yeah. Amen. The harvest is in the seed. Amen. Praise God. And the fulfillment of your promise is in the promise. Praise God. The promise is just that little thing that God gave you in the beginning. And then when you get to fulfillment, it's like the harvest. Praise God. There's all kinds of apples on the apple tree. Amen. There's all kinds of ears of corn on the corn stalks. All from a little seed. We got to hang on to the seed. That's why he said have faith like a mustard seed. Amen. Praise God. See, you have to plant and water that seed for it to grow and bear fruit. And when you have a promise from God, you have to have faith and patience before you'll see and experience the fulfillment of that promise. Sometimes God will give you a dream instantaneously it'll be coming to pass. Or a promise, and it'll happen maybe that same day, maybe that same week. Other times it takes a little longer, praise God. Amen. Hebrews 6.12, that ye be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. And then it goes on to talk about Abraham. Hebrews 6.13, God made a promise to Abraham. Verse 15, and so after he had patiently endured he had paid the promise. Folks, we got to patiently endure. Faith and patience. Amen. That's why when you pray for something, you just wait on it. Faith and patience. God's going to do it. There's a gap of time between the planting of the seeds 
and the time of harvest. And one of the greatest promises we have from the Lord Amen. Right now as we sit here, right now as we assess, amen, the signs of the times and the, and the current condition of this world, amen, one of the greatest promises, amen, that keeps me excited is the, the promise of his soon return, the promise of his coming back, amen, to take his people out of this mess. But while we're still here, we're going to be the light of the world and we're going to show that Jesus, amen, is God and he is the answer the only answer for all of life's situations. He's going to come back and take his people to a better place. Amen. That promise was made by God almost 2,000 years ago. That's a long one we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for it. Amen. Our parents have been waiting for it. Grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great. However many 2,000 years goes back. Amen. Whoever's related, amen, to the early church people, praise God. We've, we've been waiting, praise God. And, and the James, in chapter 5, he said, verse 7, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains? You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. We got to be patient like the farmer. Amen. Because there's a lot of people saying, ah, 2,000 years, he's not coming. After he would have been back by now, I, I think that wasn't a, a good promise. No. There's a lot of people might be saying that, but that's not true. Even they, they were even saying it in the Bible times. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, he said, most importantly, I want to remind you, that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? For from the, before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. In other words, we got another day, we got another day, we get up and there's another day, and then we got this, and we got to go to work, and we come home, and everything's just rocking on the way it's always been for 2,000 years. Yeah, maybe so, but if you're a, the, king, the keen observer, we'll see that there's some different signs coming on. There's some different things happening. We're getting closer to the fulfillment, praise God. I'm not going to be a scoffer, amen, and a mocker of truth in these last days following my own desires. I'm going to hold to the fact that Jesus is coming back because God keeps his promises. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Why is God waiting? He wants some more time for people to get right. Yes. He wants to give us more time. Amen. He's waiting for people to repent and get more time to get their lives right and to choose to be on the Lord's side. Amen, like Joshua, before he died, he, he gave a great big speech, and he said, amen, you, I don't know what you guys are going to do. You want to serve the gods uh, on the other side of the flood, or the gods for the wilderness of the, of the 
nations that you defeated, amen, he said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's what we got to make a determination every day. Get up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 1 Peter 3.20, God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. He waited. How long did that ark take to build? Probably 100 years. Amen. He patiently waited. Why did he patiently wait? Well, because the New Testament gives us a little more insight. We, in the Old Testament, we just see Noah and his sons are boat builders. That's all they were. We don't know anything else about him. But 2 Peter 2.5 said, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Did you know that he was a boat builder and a preacher at the same time? So he was hammering, he was sawing, and he attracted crowds, I'm sure, because he's building this huge boat right in the middle of his driveway or whatever it is, and there's no bodies of water anywhere around, and everyone's going, what in the world are you doing? How are you going to launch this baby? Amen. This thing's the size of a football field and uh, so wide, so tall and everything. He preached. He preached righteousness. He preached to the people. And God waited patiently. Why? Because maybe he was hoping that more than just Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives would get on the boat with the animals. Maybe somebody would believe his preaching. But you see, he preached about the coming flood. The earth had never been flooded before. Hard to believe. Amen. And he preached about how it would happen. There was going to be a thing called rain. Water's going to fall from the sky. Amen. And when you read the Bible from the first chapter of Genesis until the water started falling from the sky, it never was recorded that it had ever rained before. This was the first time it ever rained. And they're saying, what do you mean rain? Water from the sky? Oh, no, that isn't going to happen. Because it never happened before. Amen. See, according to the Bible, amen, the times of Noah are compared to the days of the coming of Jesus. Matthew 24, 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. He's comparing. Amen. And now we're preaching about Jesus coming back, the rapture, to take the church away, to take the people of God away. That's never happened before. Amen. It never rained before either. But just because something hasn't happened before doesn't mean it's not going to happen because God keeps his promises. Amen. Mark 13, 32. But of that day or hour, no one knows. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. We need to be alert, folks. We need to be praying. That's like patience and faith. Amen. We're watching and we're praying and we're believing. What are we watching for? We're watching for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Not the coming back, the second coming to the earth. We're watching for that in-between coming where he stops in the clouds and a trumpet is blown. Amen. And we get out of here and meet him. Praise God. First Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Folks, when we meet God in the air, we're never going to be separated from the Lord again in a more physical, spiritual sense. I mean, we, the Lord hasn't separated now. He'd never leave us or forsake us in His Spirit, but we're going to be with Him in a different way. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And what does verse 18 said? What's the purpose of that passage? Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm comfort, comforting you with the words of a promise from God. Amen. That it's worth it all. What, what we're living for and what we're going through and what we're, what we're striving for, it's worth it all. Amen. It's worth it all to say no to sin. Say no to temptation. Amen. To say no to the, this world and say, yes, Jesus. Would you stand with me? Hebrews 10.36 Promises from God will come. Amen. Dreams and visions. He, he foretold that in the book of Joel. He said the last days saith God I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Joel chapter 2 and he said your, your old men are going to dream dreams and your young men are going to see visions and upon my servants and handmaidens I'll pour out my spirit says the Lord. Amen. God's going to do it. He's going to give promises. He's going to give assurances. He's going to give you dreams. Amen. But there might be a space between that and the fulfillment. And that's where we got to be steadfast without wavering. Steadfast and sure. Unmovable. Always abounding. Hebrews 10.36 For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. Amen. So what do we do from the time of the promise until the time it comes? We're going to do the will of God, and we're going to have patience. We're going to have faith. We're going to keep going. Amen. Praise God. God keeps his promises. I hope I'm encouraging someone today. Amen. To stay the course, to run this race with patience, to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, to hold on and hang on. Amen. Because the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Amen. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.